grow in your walk with the Lord as you read and study the written Word of God. But you have to commit to doing just that. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah brings his series, The Word, to an end as he continues to share the importance of writing God's Word out by hand as you read and study its words. Listen as David concludes his message, The Written Word. Well, I hope you uh, are going to try this experiment that we've been talking about. I've done it. I need to tell you, it's really, for me especially, it slows my mind down. It slows my heart rate down, I'm sure. It makes me take the time to measure every word. And that's the beauty of copying the Scripture. As you already know, uh, it's something that happened in the Old Testament when a person became a king in Israel. They had to copy out the Old Testament law for themselves. They made their own personal copy of the Scripture. And the Bible tells us what the benefits of that were. We're in the midst of that study, so I won't jump too far ahead. But I want to encourage you personally to try it. Get a notebook and uh, get a, a small book of the Bible. Don't start with the Psalms or Hebrews or some long book like that. Start with Philippians or Colossians or Ephesians. Start with one of uh, John's letters and take some time every day to copy the verses of the Scripture into your notebook. Do it neatly. Do it in an organized way. And watch what happens in your heart as you write out God's Word. What you write, you remember. And what you write sticks to the ribs of your spiritual being. And I want to encourage you that this is a really good discipline for the Word of God becoming a part of who you are. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment, but this is my last day to tell you about our resource for the month of June. So once again, it's a book called Living the 66 Books of the Bible, 287-page hardcover book that takes you to every book in the Bible and tells you what the purpose of that book is in your life. How does this book help me? What does this book say to me? How do I take what this book says as a whole and use it in my life to grow and be more effective as a Christian? It's a beautiful gift book. It's a companion to the earlier book we uh, made available on what's in every book of the Bible. Now, this is what every book of the Bible should do for you. And we want you to have this. It's yours for a gift of any size during this ingathering month of June. We need your help. This is the end of our fiscal year, and we want you to do something special for Turning Point if you can. And in response, we want to do something special for you. When you send a gift, ask for your copy of Living the 66 Books of the Bible. Thank you for your partnership. God is doing some great things through the teaching of his word. Okay, here's part two of The Written Word. I've discovered that something wonderful happens when I take the time to slow down and write out a passage of Scripture word for word on a piece of paper. New details about familiar stories stick out. Phrases that I have skimmed over for years and thought I have read, I now discover truth that I had missed. New meaning, new questions, new connections in my mind. It's as if the words I am copying flow from the paper through the ink and into my heart. <laughs> when I copy God's Word, I have to slow down. How many of you can imagine, because you know me, 
That's a big deal for me to slow down. I was built more for speed than comfort. How about the rest of you? I don't have a low gear. I don't even have a second gear. I just have a high gear. But when I copy God's Word, I have to slow down. And that's a good thing in our age of destruction. This week I read that people check their smartphones on average every 12 minutes during their waking hours. 71% of people with a smartphone never turn it off. And 40% say they check their phone within five minutes of waking up in the morning. Focusing on God's Word without distraction for a few minutes a day is a wonderful anecdote to the frantic pace of a world that is centered on technology. Just put your electronic things away. Get basic. Get your pen and your Bible. And get ready to do something that is life-changing. Slowing down and copying God's Word is good for your soul. It's also good for your mind. Did you know that science has shown that writing things down on a piece of paper actually encodes the information to a part of your brain that is easier to access and review. So if you want to remember what you read, write it down. I couldn't help for all of us in my generation to reflect back on some of my grade school days when I would get in trouble and the teacher would make me go sit down in a corner and tell me to write, I will not talk in class 100 times. You remember that? I thought that, well, why would I do that? It's kind of a stupid thing. Well, the purpose was to impress you not to do that again. I'm sure it had some effect, although if you had to do it more than once as I did, it didn't have a lasting effect, obviously. <laughs> so the first thing that Moses said the new king had to do was he had to write a copy of the law, and it says, for himself, in a book. He obviously didn't need to do that so he would have access to the law because the priests and the scribes were at his disposal. This wasn't for anyone else. It was for him. It was so that he could benefit from this discipline. Then the Bible says he was not only to copy God's word, but he was to carry God's word. Deuteronomy 17, 19 says, and it shall be with him. Everywhere the king went, he was to take his personal copy of the Word of God with him. He was encouraged to take that with him wherever he went. It was to be his lifelong companion and source of guidance and strength. In his book, Reading for Preaching, Cornelius Plantiga told a story about visiting death row in the Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. He said that during his visit, he struck up a conversation with a smallish man whose wire-rimmed glasses and intelligent expression made him look a little professorial. Plantiga asked him how he spends his days. And the man picked up his Bible and held it up and he said, I spend a lot of time reading our book. Listen to that, reading our book. I'm glad it's so big because I'll never get to the bottom of it. And then he said something Plantinga said he will never forget. He said, you know, there are two billion of us Christians in the world, and everything today that any of us does that's any good has something to do with our book. And I have a copy of it right here in my cell. Plantinga walked away from the conversation convicted 
that he had almost certainly been underestimating the Bible. And if this very decorated theologian could say that, I would say for all of us, we underestimate the Bible. We underestimate its potential and its power in our lives. The psalmist said, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I've always felt guilty when people said we should meditate on the Word of God. I don't consider myself a good meditator. But what we're going to tell you about today will be the closest thing to meditation most of us, most of you, will probably ever do. And all those promises in the Bible of benefits to people who meditate, they're just out there waiting, waiting for us to take hold of them. The king was to copy God's word. He was to carry God's word. And finally, he was to make a commitment to God's word. He was to read it all the days of his life. The king was to read the word daily as long as he lived. Does that sound overwhelming? Well, let me tell you the story of one man's path to daily Bible reading. Jason Inman grew up as the seventh son of pastors whose parents were also pastors. I mean, he'd heard the words, read the Bible a lot during his life. But no one ever forced him to do it, so he didn't. He went through life thinking, you know what, I should read the Bible more, but he never did. (laughs) Sound familiar? The next thing he knew, he was married, he had kids, he was in a career, and life seemed so hard. Jason struggled with decision-making, he had bad self-talk, he was often discouraged, and at the same time he felt a nag to read the Bible more, and the more that he felt he should read the Bible more, the less he read, and the less he read, the more he felt he should read it more. Then one day, he decided to download a Bible app to his phone, and when he subscribed to the verse of the day, something cool happened. Jason would have a negative thought about himself, and the verse of the day would encourage him. He would need to make a decision, and he'd remember yesterday's proverb. He'd start to lose patience with his kids, and that day's verse would come to his mind and heart. Soon, Jason realized that he was coming alive, one verse at a time. Not too many years ago, Jason said, I read the Bible here and there, mostly out of guilt. Today, I read it every day because I need it, I like it, and sometimes I actually love it. I want you to see that all of this has a purpose that is anchored in a blessing. These things that the king was told he must do, to copy it, to carry it with him, and commit to it, they weren't just giving him an agenda. They were precursors to the blessing of God that Almighty God was waiting to pour out upon him. And here are those blessings. Let's read the rest of the text in verse 19 and 20. Do these things, king of Israel, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now, that's a very powerful sentence, very powerful paragraph. So let me ask you these questions. Do you want to grow in the fear of the Lord so that all of your other fears will shrink and go away? Do you want to grow in humility and increase your love for your friends and family and even for your enemies? Do you want to grow in the confidence of a secure future and a lasting legacy? Commit yourself to the written word. The Lord himself promised us that if we would do that, 
Joshua 1.8, if you meditate in it day and night, you may observe to do according to all is written in it. If you do that, listen carefully. You will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. Did you know that verse, as far as I know, is the only verse in the Bible where being prosperous and having good success are in the same verse? Do you want to be prosperous and have good success? I'm not talking about material success, although that could be part of it. But success, when you hear God speak of it, is becoming everything God created you to be and total fulfillment of your person. Being completely a part of God's purpose for your life with no reservations. That's what it means to be successful and to be prosperous according to God. And God said the way you do that is you meditate in this book and you make it a part of your life. You make the word of God a part of your life. And I want to say to you today, men and women, that you can do that. We all can do that. No book has ever impacted the world like the Bible. It's the most popular and powerful book on earth, and its influence is growing stronger every day, no matter what you hear. Many people spurn it. Many people ridicule it and attack it and trash it and even burn it. And you would think with all these generations of some people going out of the way to do it, there wouldn't be anything left of the Word of God. But now the Word of God is being translated into almost every language of the world. There is a place now in Washington called the Museum of the Bible. If you go there, there's a special room in that Museum of the Bible where you go and you can get a visual picture of all of the languages of the world and which of them now have the Bible. They have it all organized. And little by little, because of all of the ability that we now have to translate and to create languages for people that don't have them, the Word of God is being inculcated into the cultures and languages of the Bible within just a few years. There will not be any people groups that do not have the Word of God. It is on the march. It is still alive. It is still making a difference. The Word of God is God's wonderful gift to you to help you be everything you've always wanted to be and everything God created you to be. God's special Word. Let me just pause for a moment and just get very real about all of this with all of us. For 40 years, I have been teaching the Word of God, and I have had so much joy doing that and continue to do it. But sometimes I wonder how much of the Word of God that I have taught has gotten into your heart. You know, it's possible to be a student of the Bible, and the Bible isn't changing you at all. The Bible isn't meant for us to study so we can be smarter The Bible is meant for us to study so we can be better. And if the Bible just gets into your head and it doesn't get into your heart, it doesn't have the opportunity to make the changes in your life that need to be made. This is not about my telling you anything. This is just about allowing the Bible to get into your system. You say, well, there's parts of the Bible I don't understand. There's a whole lot of the Bible I don't understand. But I refuse to miss the part I do understand because I'm intimidated by the part I don't understand. So I just keep studying and keep learning. And I promise you that if you will use this opportunity and this exercise to get the Word of God into your system, it will come into your heart and all of a sudden you will begin to notice something and I'll let you discover it for yourself. Now let me give you one other thought about this that I think is important. We have a few people who are 
obsessive-compulsive people. Anybody know what that is? You tell them to do one thing and they do a hundred. You tell them to do it by the end of the month and it's done tomorrow. They drive everybody around them crazy. They intimidate all their friends. They're obsessive, compulsive. And some of you sitting out there today are saying, I'm going to do the whole book of Romans this week. And you're going to come up to me and say, what's next? And there isn't anything next. You don't want to do the whole book of Romans at once. You won't remember anything. There will be so much information. We'll wash everything out. So I want to tell you a story, and then I want to make the application. I love to read business books, and one of my favorite writers is Greg McCown. He's got a new book out called Effortless. I didn't buy that. Somebody gave it to me. I think it will encourage you and give you a strategy for making progress. Because the book is about how we make things really hard because we've bought into the idea that if you don't die in the process of doing it, you won't get it. No pain, no gain, you know the whole deal. But he wrote to say that oftentimes we don't get where we want to go because we're obsessive, compulsive people. So he tells this story. He said, in the midst of the great age of exploration in the early years of the 20th century, The most sought-after goal in the world was to reach the South Pole. It had never been done before in all of recorded human history. So in November of 1911, two rivals for the pole aimed to be the first to achieve this elusive goal, Captain Robert Falcon Scott from Great Britain and Ronald Amundsen from Norway. They began within days of each other a 1,500-mile race against time, a race of life and death. One team would return victorious. The other team would not return at all. To read their journals, however, you would never guess that the two teams made the exact same journey under the same conditions. On the good weather days, Scott would drive his team to exhaustion. And then on the bad weather days, he would hunker down in his tent and lodge his complaints in his journal. He wrote, I doubt if any party could travel in such weather. One party could. On a day of similar blizzard, Amundsen recorded in his journal, it's been an unpleasant day, storm, drift, and frostbite, but we have advanced 13 miles closer to our goal. On December 12, 1911, the plot thickened. Amundsen and his team got within 45 miles of the South Pole, closer than anyone who had ever tried before, and they had traveled some 650 grueling miles. They were on the verge of winning the race of their lives. And the icing on the cake, the weather that day was working in their favor. There on the polar plateau, they had the ideal condition to ski and sled their way to the South Pole. Within one big push, they could be there in a single day. Instead, it took three days. Why? From the very start of their journey, Edmondson had insisted that his party advance exactly 15 miles each day. No more, no less. And the final leg would be no different. While Scott allowed his team to rest on those days when it froze and pushed his team to the point of inhuman exertion on the days when it thawed, Edmondson insisted on plenty of rest, kept a steady pace for the duration of the trip to the South Pole. This one simple difference between their approaches can explain why Edmondson's team made it to the top while Scott's team perished. Setting a steady, consistent, sustainable pace was ultimately what allowed the party from Norway to reach their destination without particular effort. 
So here are my final words of encouragement about this little project. Pace yourself. It's better to copy five verses a day and enjoy it than 20 verses a day and dread it. The book of Romans has 433 verses. So if you copy just five verses a day, you'll finish it in under three months. You will have copied out in your own hand one of the key books in the Bible. If you take it one day and one verse at a time, I think you will reach your destination. And it might even feel like you did it without particular effort. Whatever you do, remember, the main reason for studying the written word is so that you get to know the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. This book is nothing if it is not the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to us. We read this book so that we can know God better. We know God better because he has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. So when we read this book, we learn about God, we learn about Jesus Christ, and the living word is revealed to us in the written word. If you get lost in the written word and forget why you're doing it, it can be a very tedious process. Don't get so caught up in the written word that you forget. It's just a means for you to know the living word better. Many years ago, one of England's leading actors was asked to recite for the pleasure of his fellow guests and he consented and asked if there was anything special that his audience would like to hear. After a moment's pause, an old pastor present said, could you, sir, recite for us the shepherd's psalm, the 23rd psalm? A strange look came over the actor's face. He paused for a moment, and then he said, I can and I will, with one condition, that when I am finished, when I have recited it, you, my friend, will do the same thing. I, said the clergyman in surprise, but I am not an elocutionist. But if you wish, I will do it. Impressively, the great actor began the psalm. His voice and his intonation were perfect. He held his audience spellbound, and when he finished, a great burst of applause broke in upon the guests. Then as it died away, the old clergyman arose and began the psalm. His voice was not remarkable. His intonation was not faultless. When he had finished, no sound of applause broke the silence, but there was not a dry eye in the room, and many heads were bowed. Then the actor rose to his feet again. His voice shook as he laid his hand upon the shoulder of the old pastor, and he said, I reach your eyes and your ears, my friends. He reached your heart. The difference is just this. I know the 23rd Psalm. He knows the shepherd. And men and women, I don't want you just to know the 23rd Psalm. I want you to know the shepherd. This is how you get to know the shepherd. And I pray that you will push through your times of discouragement and wondering if this is doing any good and allow yourself the opportunity to discover what the written word can do for your heart. So may God bless you as you enter in to this exciting opportunity. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in your lives. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I read about a woman who uh, wrote out the Bible five times. She started in the book of Genesis, and she copied the Word of God 
all the way through to Revelation, and she did it five different times. Do you think that woman knows what's in the Bible? I think she does. I don't expect any of you to do that. I'm not going to do that. But I would encourage you to find a book that you would like to know more about. And before you run and get the commentaries and listen to all of the messages on that book, just take the time to write it out in your own handwriting, and you will be surprised what God will do if you do that. There's a study guide and a set of CDs for the series we conclude today. And our resource for the month, as I mentioned to you at the beginning of today's broadcast, is Living the 66 Books of the Bible, uh, a beautiful gift book to help you understand why every book in the Bible was written and how it can help you. Ask for this when you send your June gift to Turning Point, and it'll be on its way to you before you know it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to know how Turning Point is encouraging you. So please write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Living the 66 Books of the Bible, and learn to better understand and apply God's Word each day. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we begin the series, Prayer, the Great Adventure, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Did you know that nearly 2 million Turning Point radio programs are broadcast each year? Your support enables Turning Point to continue delivering the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. And thanks to our giving challenge, any fiscal year-end gift you give until the end of June will be doubled up to $50,000. You can help Turning Point finish strong by donating today. Call 800-946-4300 or go to davidjeremiah.ca. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you will be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. If you're ready to go deeper in your Bible study, Living the 66 Books of the Bible by Dr. David Jeremiah will help. You'll learn how to identify each book's purpose, theme, challenge, verse, and prayer. And it's yours with a donation of any amount to Turning Point this month. And if you give $60 or more, you'll also receive the first volume of this series and a Genesis through Revelation DVD. To learn more, visit davidjeremiah.ca. In this modern age of health insurance, the term copay has become part of the cultural conversation. Instead of inquiring about the total cost, we just want to know what our copay is, the part that's our responsibility. The problem with this arrangement is that it can seep into other areas of life, like salvation. There's no such thing as a copay 
when it comes to being saved from sin. There is a payment to be made, but as the old hymn says, Jesus paid it all. God, the great physician of our soul, invites us to come to him freely and by faith. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover what God has paid on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.